AFC football. Catch the fever. <laughs> We've got two good teams. Catch the fever. <laughs> yeah, catch the fever. <laughs> All right, welcome in, everybody. It's the Important po- Nonsense Podcast. I am your host, Steve Bonham. You can find me on Twitter at nonsense underscore Steve. My co-host, Mr. Neil Smith at nonsense underscore Neil. Both of us at Important Nonsense on the Fantasy Life app. Best, easiest way to get a hold of us, as always. Got some great feedback. And look, Neil, I mean, first off, how are you doing tonight, Neil? It's the holidays, so crap's <laughs> ramping up, to be honest with you. I'm yeah. looking forward to being done with the holidays. That's that's really yeah, yeah. it. I love the holidays, but with all the extra crap and running around, I'm, I'm getting a little frayed, so I'm looking forward to actually having a couple days off coming up here. Absolutely. And then, uh, I mean... Look, as we all know, last week I was going into that match, the triple threat match. Well, I didn't ask how you were. Of, of course, I, uh, I I got wrecked on Monday night again in prime yeah, position, and my tradition. team lets me down on Monday night for the second consecutive week. I mean, I, I literally lost back-to-back. I, after I won eight consecutive games, I lose back-to-back games by a combined 15 points. Uh, in situations I really should have won on Monday night. It is what it is. And you know what? I, I sulked and I felt terrible about it for about 10 minutes. And then our fans, oh, the contest entries pouring in just made me feel so much better about my own situation. You people just saved me because... Whew, I have been reading some of these, Neil, and it is brutal what these people are going through. Yeah, oh, we, are, we have some heavyweight contenders already, and we are only a week into this contest. So, again, for those of you that weren't aware of it before, we've been telling you all year about PFF stats, how they grade every player from every game. And with a PFF Edge subscription, you can dive deep into your favorite team with exclusive team stats and NFL player rankings. That's right. Well, we've been telling you all year how you can go to the website and get $10 off an Edge or Elite subscription, which you can still do that, by the way. Uh, But thanks to our friends at PFF, we actually have a free Edge subscription for one of our lucky listeners. So that's right. As we've talked about last week, as I was talking about now, you can have access to PFF's exclusive player grades, industry-leading fantasy stats, research statistics going back to 07, which I use on this podcast all the time, and in all of our article research and everything, so much more. I mean, you even have access to their expert rankings and Jeff Ratcliffe's statistical projections. If you're not familiar with Jeff, he, of course, is the head of the division for PFF over there, and according to FantasyPros.com, of the 111 fantasy experts who have released rankings this year, Jeff is number one in accuracy, quite a feat. So there you go. I mean, industry-leading stats, tools, articles, projections, you get all of it for free, and in order to get all that, all you have to do to enter is just prop one of our contest posts on the Fantasy Life app, and then comment on that post with your tale of fantasy heartbreak. And uh, the submissions have been fantastic. I mean, the, we, frankly, I, I frankly, I so good. I frankly have been just impressed. I, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't prepared for for some of the ones that I that I had, a, but I had a minute to read, and I'm looking forward to sitting down on Christmas when I have more time and actually just kind of 
reading through a bunch of them again. So there and, and the new ones that come in. So all we do ask, and most of you've been doing a great job, is that you just kind of keep it brief, just keep it concise. The better the story that you tell, the more likely you are to win. Yeah, if you do want to go into more detail, you of course can email us at contests at importantnonsense.com. But again, we want to be able to read it on air, so just try to keep it brief. If you decide to email us, be sure that we get your name and Fantasy Life app name in there as well uh, so that we can, you know, contact you through that and you know shout you out on the podcast here. Deadline for submission is noon central on January 3rd. We'll select a group of finalists to read on our end of sh- season show, and the winner will be chosen live on air during that episode. So again, prop the shout that we put out there and then comment on that same post or you can email us contests at importantnonsense.com for your chance to win and like i said some of them have been heartbreaking the guy with the tie the statistical tie <laughs> and the tiebreaker oh yeah yeah that was yeah, harsh that's, oh, that's a bad one. the guy with the roethlisberger pick <laughs> that was bad some of these are just so horrible. And it's going to get even worse because it's championship weekend. I know. I'm waiting for the championship for heartbreak stories. So, That's going to be coming soon. Uh, but again, yeah, Fantasy Life app, be sure to hit us up, message it in there, and uh, get your chance to win an Edge subscription today. The football preview. Halfback, passes to center, back to wing, back to center, center holds it, holds it, holds it! No, not that football. Oh, the Denver Broncos. Yeah, that's the one. You just don't understand football. News. Good news, everyone. Read all about it. And stats. You need to win. You play to win the game. On the Important Nonsense Podcast. Running through the games of Championship Week, Week 16. First, we've got some news to kick us off. First and foremost, it's the annual number one man at the QB position, Aaron Rodgers. He came back. We tried to warn you, and you wouldn't listen. Three interception game for the first time in eight years. He did not look great at all. The Packers lose that game. They're out of the playoff picture, and as a result, Aaron Rodgers was placed back on IR today. It'll be the Brett Hundley show once again, Neil. I know you were missing. Oh yeah. I know you were so, so devastated when they had to bring back Aaron Rodgers. Two more weeks of it. So again, you're just re-downgrading all of your Packers at this point. Jordy Nelson became trash anyway. Yeah. He did absolutely nothing. Uh, it was kind of nice watching that meltdown. I said, I don't know. It's a tough matchup. Rodgers is going to have some rust. I don't know how great I'm feeling about Nelson. You know, as more than like a wide receiver three or or a wide receiver two. And I'm like, no, Jordan's the number one wide receiver because Aaron Rodgers is back. And then to just watch the meltdowns on the app all day long. Oh, yeah. What is What's going on? Yeah, people just not paying well, attention. Well, I, told, so you, Jordy I Nelson, told you you were all going to do what you wanted to do anyway. But we uh-huh. tried to warn you. We No one wants to listen. But we not tried us. to warn not you. On us. Not, the, I'll eat crow on a bunch of stuff for this season. But I will not eat any crow for, for that. If you did that, you did that Nothing. to you. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Devontae Adams. Uh, look, Devontae Adams just keeps getting murdered out there. It's like he's got a target on his helmet. I don't know what is going on, but he is just getting decimated on a weekly basis. So, if he even plays, he's obviously downgraded. Yeah. And then, even with regaining workload, I mean, first of all, 
Neil, kudos to you. Thank you. With the Jamal Williams call from last yep. week, and I I helped you out partially with that, but I had still, to the, the waiver column to get some last of the week. Juice to confirm what I was already suspecting, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, the waiver column last week was uh, Neil featured Jamal Williams as a player to avoid that you've been counting on in the running back department, and he put up a huge, massive three. So that crushed a lot of oh, people yeah. last week. Again, three things that no one wanted to listen. And again, to you us didn't about, listen, and yet you did that to you. I told we all we warned you. You so, were warned. Yeah. So part of that was he was a reduced workload because Rogers would rather throw the ball, and uh, another part of that is the fact that the Panthers' run defense was really good. Well, as I put in this week's waiver column. Yes, Rodgers may be going out, and he may be regaining some of that workload and volume he had before, and then he's greeted with the number one run defense in fantasy, which, of course, is the Minnesota Vikings this weekend. So I feel like this isn't going to help him. I mean, you know what? you got a three, so I'm going to go out and say he's going to do better than a three this weekend, I would think, but I'm not counting on much more than that. Antonio Brown tore his calf. It was a gruesome injury uh, in the end zone at the very beginning of that pretty game. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. So he will be back for the NFL playoffs. That does you no good, though, because he's done for the remainder of the fantasy season. Obviously, he should be ready for next year if he's going to be able to play in the playoffs for the NFL this season. So I'm sure. not concerned about that aspect. The biggest news on it is, you know, who do you think steps up? From what we saw in that game, the guy that got the biggest jump in production was Martavis Bryant. I've heard some people saying, well, oh, Eli Rogers is stepping into a starting role now. Well, yeah, but if he steps into a role, it's a rotation. Right. He's moving up the food chain. So now he's stepping into that Martavis Bryant role of doing nothing on a weekly basis. And Bryant is actually moving up into a role where he's going to be productive. So Juju Smith-Schuster was already so readily owned that it's going to be tough to say, oh, yeah, go pick up Juju. He, he was already productive. Right. So now maybe he gets some more red zone targets that he didn't get before. Maybe Jesse James becomes a more reliable red zone target if they're not throwing it to Brown. Maybe he goes to the tight end a little bit more. But all in all, down the field, gaining yardage, it's more consistent production from Martavis Bryant these last two weeks, which is what he's desperately been needing for his fantasy value. Yeah, I mean, look, Martavis Bryant is a, is a player of mine that I quite like. So off the field, this aside, he's got a score of those, and he apparently he's kind of a malcontent, frankly, even with that that aside. You know what I mean? But right. he's going to be out there. They trust him to throw the ball there. He's going to get an uptick. Everybody's going to get an uptick in value who's left because you have to now account for the massive target drop from from Antonio Correct. Brown. So there's just so much more to eat. Now I'm not going to sit here and try and pretend like I know on a weekly basis how that's going to get divvied out necessarily. But what I will say right. is that it does make Martavis Bryant ownable and potentially flex-worthy. I don't know how your team works. I don't know that I'm crazy about the idea of uh, starting Martavis Bryant in a championship game necessarily. But that being said, if you have one of those weird teams where you've, you're really solid at every position and the only thing you were worrying about all year was just rotating different flexes like a lot of people do, I, you're just picking up random flex guys. Man, Martavis Bryant could be interesting. Yeah, if you've just been streaming, I mean, you could take worse shots yeah, than Martavis Bryant I don't mind Bryant that as a shot weekend. call at all. And I don't care about Eli Rogers, and I have a feeling you're going to say, because Eli Rogers, I'm sorry, but he's just not good at football. There I said it. 
No, yeah, I mean that's yeah, that's that's what I said before. It's just he moves up to the the spot on the rotation that does basically nothing. So I'm not concerned about that. Hunter Henry done for the year. Ooh. I'm still holding him in a keeper league simply because, as we keep saying, if that ever became one guy, it could be a dominant spot. And, I mean, it, 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 for all accounts and purposes, it looked like this was going to be the last ride for Gates. He wanted to come back this year, break the touchdown record, and then ride off into the sunset. So if that's exactly what happens... If he hangs it up, because he hasn't been playing a lot of snaps, he's been in and out of the lineup, he's only been in goal line situations, Correct. basically. He's in the red zone, that's it. And if you... Yeah, exactly. And if you just take his production and combine it with the production of Henry, assuming he's the guy and gets all the tight end role in that offense, that would mean 178 fantasy points in PPR, which currently would be tight end number four. So Hunter Henry, if he's out there, if he's available... Certainly worth a stash in a dynasty or keeper league because once he has full control of the role in that offense, he will be a dominant force in the tight end division. Yeah, just fun fact: I do have Hunter Henry in a keeper league, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so I go. feel like uh, I feel like I, I was I was on him this year, and I think I may have been a year too early because yeah, as we're talking about again, you ever got the Antonio Gates job and the Hunter Henry job, and it was one job, right? He's number four. And in all likelihood, in all likelihood, they could be even better next year, and they clean it up a little bit more. You know, he's got. The, mm-hmm. I don't know that four is the absolute ceiling. Is all I'm saying. Right. Yeah. I mean, to, just for, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. Just, just for the record, I guess uh, the three ahead of him, of course, are Zach Ertz, yeah. Rob Gronkowski, and right. Travis Kelsey. So it's not like. You know, he, he's passed by scrubs or anything. So, But if you put him into that upper tier, that upper echelon, I guess, if you will, you know, Greg Olson certainly in that discussion. It puts Henry into the discussion of guys Remember that Delaney Walker, earlier in the draft Delaney next Walker year. was valued a couple of years ago? That's correct. Yep. Mm-hmm. Something like that. He'd be yeah, right around be that right range. In that yep. All right. Pigs can pick him, Neil. Here we go. You've, you've clinched Just this about, pretty much. I'm, I mean, it's all but it's done. It's all over, but... It's all over, but it being mathematically clinched, and just for the sake of it, if I pick up two more points on you, I mathematically clinched. The best you could do is tie me at that point in Week 17. But in order to do that, you would have to get all of your picks right, and I'd have to get all of my picks wrong. So not submit picks. Yeah, so you'd have to not settle. Yeah, and, you'd have to, and then you'd have to bat a 1,000, which I don't think has been done. Since. Yeah. So. <laughs> no. Yeah, Brian decided not to set a lineup yeah, last thanks, week Brian. and just throw in the towel. So he dropped from two to four with 125. Kevin in third at 130. I'm at 136 in second. You're at 150 in first. So no more Thursday night football. America thanks Louder. you for that finally happening. More aggressive clapping. <laughs> and Everybody again. stand up. Yes. Thank you, sir. <laughs> finally. So Saturday night football, early game, Indy going to Baltimore. This week, I'm going to be giving you not just guys you can be playing this week in your championship matchups, but because it's uh, championships, you're either playing in the championship game and that's what you care about, or you're looking ahead to next year in a keeper dynasty league, and that's why you're still listening. So I'll just give you some interesting guys you might want to be stashing on your bench if you're looking to next year. So... Uh, first game, as I mentioned, Indy at Baltimore. Ravens D is, of course, a great play, as is Mike Wallace. As I mentioned in the waiver column this week, he's very quietly 
had double-digit points in each of his last six games. I mean, I had no clue about that until I started writing the column and looking it up. Alex Collins should do well here, too. For long-term thinkers, Marlon Mack is certainly worth stashing because we don't know the future of Frank Gore, what that may hold in Indy. And uh, in this game itself, however, I'm taking the Ravens. Just the better team, clearly more to play for in that playoff push. Right. And so I'll also be doing a little bit of the... The, uh, the stash guys for next year, and I'm not going to do all of my guys because I will actually be releasing an article coming out uh, co- projected next week. Should be next week right after the holiday. Uh, foreshadowing. Yeah, foreshadowing, where I'm going to run through <laughs> – it's not foreshadowing. I'm directly telling you. I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to be putting out by position the players that you should be stashing for next year and a little blurb about why. And I'll also be updating that throughout the offseason. So just stay tuned to that one because that's going to change, obviously, the further we get into the season. But so let's not waste any more time here. It's the Ravens. I mean, they're still trying to solidify a playoff spot. That's that's it. It's the Ravens. Simple. Uh, pick up Marlon Max or Marlon Mack next year if you want. But honestly, you're going to have to wait and see, frankly, what they're going to do during that draft because they're going to win three games this year. It looks like, and it would not shock me at all if they were the team that scooped up Saquon Barkley with like the third pick because they know Frank Gore is done. And if you're not sold on Marlon Mack, why not get the best young running back prospect we've seen in what 10 years? Like there's been some excellent running back prospects, but this one is oh boy. Saturday late game, Minnesota going to green Bay without <laughs> Rogers. I'm continuing to steer clear of all Packer players. It's possible that they give Jamal Williams more work, as I mentioned, but against the Vikings, number one run D I'm not interested when Rodgers has played, the running backs not named Montgomery have struggled. So, I mean, he's the only long-term player I'm stashing, and by that I mean Ty Montgomery. Start your key Vikings here that you've been starting outside of Rudolph. I mean, despite Olsen going off last week, the Packers are good against the tight end this year, and his injury issues just worry me too much. There are other streaming tight end options available if needed. I've got them again in the waiver column if you want to check it out. I've got the Vikings on the road. I mean, with the QB change, we're going to walk back just a little bit. The Jamal Williams hate, just to put a five point on that from earlier. <laughs> we're going to walk it back a little bit, like that note card from the other night. About that much. <laughs> just, uh, I mean, he still has just this horrendous matchup but i mean with rogers without rogers i mean this one is going to the vikings just pretty easily merry christmas hit the horn sunday one eastern atlanta going to new orleans there are no sleeper stashes here for either of these teams you all you mean you had to pay a high price for all of them so i mean you're just you're starting your studs in this one you probably have no choice otherwise I will give you my fun Julio stat, though, that I spread around on Monday and got a lot of hype from the PFF guys. They all appreciated that one. But uh, Cole Beasley, Ryan Grant, Cooper Cup, Josh Doxson, Jermaine Curse, Paul Richardson, Kenny Stills, Will Fuller, they are all players, wide receivers, who went late or undrafted in many fantasy drafts this year. And they're all among the 40 wide receivers this season with more touchdowns than Julio Jones. So there you go. Julio crushing it in the end zone as usual. Just uh, 
just an interesting debate for the offseason. He made the list, exactly if, I, if I'm not mistaken. With he Julio made your Jones. list, I believe. He did. He made the list. He did. The, uh, the, do not, the dead to the me dead to list. Dead to me do not draft list. So. We'll see how much that actually that actually stays because yeah. he's my R- Eli Manning. that one in anger. Can't wrote it in you. pencil. <laughs> yeah, he's a, yeah. Exactly. Once Eli Manning's in Jacksonville, exactly. though, Eli Manning will be your Eli Manning again. I'm waiting for that. That's <laughs> exactly. gonna be my favorite yeah. thing to watch that whole thing unfold on the show next year of you trying to like wrestle with yourself in real time. It's gonna be great. <laughs> you were the chosen one. He was. <laughs> he was. <sighs> but. Back to this game, assuming that Alvin Kamara actually plays the entire game this time and not just one series, I'm taking the Saints. Hey, look at that. The Saints get, speaking of Kamara, the Saints get Kamara back last week and they went right back to the formula. Just run the ball, play decent defense, let Drew Brees fill in the cracks. That's it. Just let Drew Brees just do the rest. And uh, that should work here as well. Should. So I'm taking the Saints at home and uh, I mean, it's a division game, so I'm Expect for the Falcons to put up a fight. I mean, it's going to be a good game. The Falcons are going to really try as hard as they can. I just don't think it'll be enough. Buffalo at New England. I'm stashing Rex Burkhead. Uh, even though he's possibly done for the fantasy season, I mean, when he's played, he's had a clear-cut dominant role in the offense. And odds are you got him late in the draft or completely off waivers. So he's got to be a very valuable player going into next season. He's certainly worth holding on to. I'm okay starting Charles Clay here as well as Tyrod Taylor. They've had decent games against the Pats in the past, and the defense has obviously shown to be vulnerable. I don't want either defense in a division match here, but I'm starting all of your usual Pats, Patriots at home. Yeah, Pats, Pats, Pats. I'd say look for a dildo to be thrown on the field, but this one's in Gillette, so probably not going to happen. Start your usual Bills and start your usual Pats. I mean, it's pretty... Pretty vanilla, but frankly. <laughs> Cleveland going to Chicago. I didn't write it down because we all already know. <laughs> Clear tickle fight oh. of the week. and It's not even close. Uh, if your season is over and you want to stash a QB, consider Mitchie football, Mitch Trubisky. Because, look, more than likely it's he was worth an end-of-the-draft pick, and you could look no further than Jared Goff for why you would make this move. Next year he should have a new system. With a new coaching staff, he'll have some sort of top five wide receiver talent to go with the established run game, because that's a complete Bears move. And if he makes the QB quote-unquote second-year leap that you always hear about, he could be a deep league starter next year, if not a top ten guy like Goff turned into. Because you look at Blake Bortles from last season, the last couple of years, a team that's constantly getting pounded and they're just chucking the ball all second half. So that could be uh, the future for Mitchie football. So just somebody to stash for nothing on your bench. Assuming Howard and Cohen are owned too much at this point, there's really no one else to stash here from either team. My fun fact of the day, John Fox, in the John Fox era, the Bears are 0-7 in games where they're the odds-on favorite in Vegas. This week they're favored, so make that 0-8 rounds. <laughs> <laughs> So it's funny because you and I apparently both read Twitter. Under Fox, the Bears are 0 7 in games they are favored in. And uh, yeah. so, yeah, there you go. I like it's Browns. Such a great I guess they're only. It, it is. It really is. It also just perfectly puts that fine point on why he's being fired exactly. as soon as that season is over. So it's just. 
look, the Bears love to win games like this. They just ruin their draft position. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's their favorite thing to do. But I like the Browns in this one more just because this is their chance to get their only win of the year. And you know they don't want to tie the Lions to go 0-16. Right. I mean, no one wants that. Right. So, look, feel free to stash Tariq Cohen if you still can. I mean, he was close to 50%-ish for a while there. So you might be able to go get Tariq Cohen and stash him. That's worth it. Uh, if you want Mitchie football, Mitch Trubisky, feel free. As we're going to get into later, I think I'd rather Mahomes. But uh, my question back to you is going to be, is there a Brown worth keeping? I can only think of one maybe. Is there any Brown? Uh, maybe Josh Gordon. Yeah, maybe, maybe Josh Gordon. But again, I was kind of, for my stashes here, I was kind of just trying to peg guys that were under 50% owned and were just readily available for yeah, people to pick yeah. up now, and that's not Josh Gordon. So I honestly believe that with one of their top four picks, because they'll have two of them at this point, that they get Saquon right. Barkley. It's very possible. They put him behind that offensive line. And I believe that with the first pick, they take a quarterback. So that that's my thought process. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then... Uh, you can have just about anything you want. Or so. in free agency, if you can find a quarterback, then the even Alex. better. Because their offensive line has been extremely underrated. They've been getting better as the year has gone on. They're rated very highly in PFF. So, I, I mean, the offensive line's not an issue. Outside of Josh Gordon, you know, Corey Coleman's been okay. He's just been hurt. They need more help in that department with playmakers, and they need help in the secondary. So you're looking yeah, their for... defense is just going to get them killed. Yeah, I mean, the the D-line has been all right. It's just the linebacking core in the secondary have not been good. So you, yeah. you got to fix that. Horrible. Those are their major issues. But in terms of fantasy production, until the quarterback gets better, I'm not super interested in anybody... And the running backs, like I said, I don't think will be there. I mean, maybe Duke Johnson sticks around, but then he's still the third down guy. And like I said, I think Barkley ends up there in some way, shape, or form. And he becomes there's a the decent, guy. There's a decent chance. It's just a question of what do they feel like they really need and what's going to grade out. Yeah. How does all that uh, Yeah, I just think with that offensive line, it. it's just he becomes the guy. And Crowell is elsewhere. Probably at like Burger King or something. That's, <laughs> that's the best bet. Uh, oh, but yeah, no, when, when Gordon came back, I said he was an interesting keeper stash for next year just because if he gets cut and goes somewhere else or he's traded to some other team or they get a better quarterback. Like if any, no, I was going to say, or you're going to get a better quarterback and he's the guy. Right, if anything not, changes for the Browns in the offseason, then yeah, I'm interested in Gordon for sure just because of his talent level. But because he's so readily owned right now, it's, it's hard to say, oh yeah, go grab him because uh, he's... He's a pretty popular. Yeah, that's what guy. I'm saying. The ship has kind of sailed on that. I just felt like he's the obvious one. That's why I'm yeah, there. Yeah, like, it's he's just, the obvious he's just one. the only one. I there's kind of no one in. else in my mind, really. It's like maybe Dave Joku, but why? It's like there's got to be guys that are available that are better than that. So what, right. what do you want? Detroit going to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. Uh, Kenny Galladay is an interesting guy to hold on to from the Lions. He got a lot of preseason hype from uh, how great he was playing in the preseason, and then injuries kind of held him back. No one readily available, though, from the Bengals simply because, you know, you got the coaching change. You've got the whole culture issue there with the offense and not knowing what's going on. I mean, A.J. Green hasn't even been a reliable guy, and normally you can count on him. Uh, Andy Dalton, who's never great, but he's typically still a lower-tier starter that you could stream in and out, 
and that hasn't worked out. I mean, the only possible exception here is A.J. McCarron, because more than likely he's starting for a team not called the Bengals next year. He will be somewhere starting for some team. And is that the Browns, who coveted him so much, and whenever they play each other, he's always hugging all the personnel for the Browns? Or is it uh, somewhere outside of the division? Does he find some team desperate for a quarterback that, that he has an opportunity to take over? So I, I don't know. I just that's It's interesting to me because he may end up a starter somewhere. So again, if you have a roster spot, it costs you literally nothing to hold him on your bench. And all of a sudden, if he's the starter in a good situation, well, hey, maybe O.J. McCarron's a guy I'm interested in. Other than that, I got the Lions winning this one to keep the, their playoff hopes intact. Yeah, I mean, we'll do the game first. Uh, so take the Lions and the points. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> the Bengals really look like they're just fully phoning it in at this mm-hmm. point. Their coach has already quit slash been fired. Right. He apparently has some other job already lined up. Also, how do you keep a job in the NFL for 15 years and never win a playoff game when other people get fired? I don't understand. Like, so many things. Just We don't even have time. We don't even have time in the limited time we have here to go into it. The Bengals are just a – oh, man. It's also a crying shame to watch for them, those fans, to watch Andrew Whitworth play for the Rams. Like that, yeah. He's doing one-man screens with Gurley behind him. It's insane. It's like you wonder why the Bengals don't look right. That's You don't replace a guy like that. Like, you just don't. Like, they don't. They don't just come around. So I don't know who, what they're paying and what and what they're doing. But this is Lions 3 of 4. Four games you had to win to get into the playoffs. This is number three. I think they get it. We'll see if they can get them all. So give me Detroit. And then for the stash pile is John Ross, the forgotten man. Now, it depends on your league and how the keeper penalties work and where that was drafted. Mm-hmm. But John Ross is interesting just from the speed-skill combo. Right. Let's get him healthy finally, after being on IR, back next year, get him fully healthy with a new coach, and I think they're going to be designing possibly things for him because they're going to have to find some other way of moving the football, which was the whole reason they drafted him in the first place. I mean, look, I, I didn't forget about John Ross. I'm just a guy. I didn't think you did. I just don't got not burned <laughs> by hyping up Tyler Boyd. All of last year, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> and then Tyler Boyd fell off the face of the earth, and everyone was like, "Oh, Tyler Boyd, he's going to be that new speedy slot guy for Cincinnati," guy. and he's played in like what four games, and he's just sitting there doing nothing. And John Ross came in to take his job, and is injured and can't even take his job properly. Like it's just, yeah, taking third string wide receivers on the Bengals. I've been burned one too many times on that. I didn't say there wasn't risk involved. I'm just saying the man can fly. So we'll see him. We'll, we'll see what happens when he comes back next year, fully healthy, new coach, and possibly maybe a new quarterback. Although, yeah, not. Nah, I want to say that. Uh, Denver going Wait, to Washington, taking on the Redskins. No idea what to make of the Denver offense. So I'm just steering clear of the whole thing to be safe. I'll get into that, uh, gentle viewer. Don't worry. I got you. Josh Jackson and Jamison Crowder, both interesting prospects with Washington, but that all depends on Cousins in the offseason. I mean, there's your scenario right there. Kirk Cousins signs elsewhere because he's going to be the bell of the ball when he hits free agency, as usual. Assuming that that they don't blow literally all of their cap on Kirk Cousins again with the franchise tag and they can't come to some sort of agreement and he plays for some other team... 
if you're looking for an A.J. McCarron destination, I mean, look no further than the Washington Redskins. <laughs> that, that would make all the sense in the world to me. And then I have no idea what to do with those running backs, if I can trust that or not. But, but regardless, the, the running backs, the wide receivers, any of them, I have no idea what to make of it without Kirk Cousins there. So, again, it, it all depends. But if they're cheap and you have the space, anything at this point is worth a flyer. In this game, however, I like the Broncos' defense to just outlast the Washington offense, which has just been ugly since Chris Thompson went down, and they've just been so beat up. I think last week was more of an anomaly than anything else, and I'm just saying this is just a terrible game that nobody wants to watch. And in a low-scoring game, I'm taking the Broncos. Yeah, and I'm taking the completely beat-up R's in this one at home. Sure. And here's why, because the Broncos haven't announced a starter. However... The conventional wisdom is that the starter is going to be Paxton Lynch. John Elway is saying that we are going to play Paxton Lynch for the last two games because I want to see what we've got in the guy I drafted. I think it's going to be Lynch, and in any game that Lynch is starting, I want no part of the Broncos. As far as stashes go, Devontae Booker is actually potentially interesting, and it's mostly because the Broncos organization loves him. Read that as John Elway is his BFF. They hang out together. They go fishing uh, like just the Broncos organization just loves him. He's going to be back next year. And my guess is if he's not hurt again, which doesn't look like he's going to be unless he gets dinged up in the next two weeks or something, seriously, he's probably going to have an expanded workload by by Jamal Charles. And you're going to be looking at some guy uh, that they get. And Devonta Booker is probably like how <laughs> I don't know that that guy is on the run. <laughs> don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Don't you do it. Don't you put that evil on me. I will come to Texas if that happens. I am blaming you, not you and Elway. I'm blaming you and I'm blaming Get Elway. Your if that Ohio happens. State jersey ready. Where's Sandman? I'll have to borrow. <laughs> Rams going to Tennessee to take on the Titans. We all know my love for Cooper Cup at this point, but he's too owned by now. If somehow he's still out there in your league, I have him taking the Adam Thielen leap that Thielen took this year. He'll be a fantasy starter next year in all leagues, but. I'm not sure about in, what to make of any of the Titans at this point. That's the biggest issue. Nothing seems to be going right offensively or defensively. And because of all the preseason hype, odds are people overpaid to draft Titans this year. So stashing them might not even be worth it because you can probably redraft them at a better value next year. So, I mean, all that being said, the fact that the Titans are this terrible and still in the playoff hunt is mind-boggling. That's just AFC football. I just give me the Rams to clinch the West. Football, AFC football. Catch the fever. <laughs> We've got two good teams. Catch the fever. <laughs> yeah, catch the fever. <laughs> Gotta put that on a T-shirt. Yeah, great. Catch the fever. There yeah, you yeah. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Importantnonsense.com. Catch the fever. I like it. Catch the fever. Yeah. Catch the fever. There you go. <laughs> marketing genius, and he doesn't even know it. No, I do know it. I have a marketing degree from the University of Dayton. Remember that? No. Remember that no, thing? No, I was trying to, yeah, no, trying to no. block well, that's that a out. That's reminder. Right, yeah. Right. No. <laughs> I'm classically trained to come up with stupid catchphrases. It was my major. <laughs> stupid catchphrases. Uh, catch the fever. <laughs> All right, I've written it down. It's in the good idea log. <laughs> Got that. There you go. Catch the fever. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Give me the Rams in this one comfortably, by the way. And when I say comfortably, I mean like Arab Emirates, like airlines comfortably, where they give Ooh, you like that, that bed. You, like, Cushy. Yeah, that It's going to be comfortable. So we can just move on and go straight into uh, stashes. This is a little different than the way Steve would do it, but obviously Robert Woods and Cooper mm-hmm. Cup, right? I mean, if they're, if they're, if it, that depends on your league and you can't get them now necessarily, but if somehow, some way, those things find their way to becoming available against all logic or reason at this point, get them. Go get those things. You want those things. Uh, and there's one other note on this, which is Greg Zerline was put on IR today with a back injury. And this is just one of those things where just uh, if you were using Greg Zerline all year, which you might have been because he was the number one kicker in fantasy to this point, uh, we don't normally do kickers, but only because it's championship week week and you might have had Zerline, you will need to find some other option. Uh, and that's really it. It's not really a, a stash thing. It's just a note. Uh, Miami going to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. There are just too many unknowns with the Dolphins. I mean, obviously, Tannehill will be back at quarterback, and we don't know what the offense will look like. And I don't know. Maybe you keep Kenyon Drake. Maybe it's Damian Williams. I don't know. I'm not confident in either running back. You don't know what what's going to happen with Jarvis Landry. How big of a role does Parker play? It's all a mess. So I, I'm just not confident in any of it. And it's really the same on KC's side. If it's Mahomes. How does that affect the skill position players? How much you put value into them? Uh, you know, how valuable does Mahomes come? Is it still Andy Reid if they fail to make the playoffs? Who knows? It just I'm just staying away from all of it. Just uh, in this game, I'm starting your KC studs and I'm taking the Chiefs at home. Yeah, Chiefs at home. The Dolphins are garbage. Okay, that's the game analysis. <laughs> that's, that's it. We've seen enough. <laughs> we know. So. Uh, for things to hold on to, uh, Drake, Kenyon Drake, that's kind of interesting. We'll see how what they do in free agency in the offseason. But you think he's played well enough that they might just say, hey, we drafted him anyway. We don't have to pay him a whole lot. Let's just make him the guy. Yeah, it's possible. You know? like, what do you suppose? The, but, I, mean, I, mean, it's, I think it's possible. The only reason I'm hesitant is just because when Damian Williams was healthy, after the Ajayi trade, they were letting them like do a timeshare, and neither one had any value yeah. because they were split right down the middle. The only reason Drake has gotten the entire workload recently is because Williams is on the IR. So, and I'm just I'm wondering though that if that even matters. Like I'm wondering if Damian Williams is even going to be there next year. I'm also wondering if Damian Williams. Yeah, yeah. If, he, if he's just proven that he can handle the job say, and just give it all to Drake. You just did the job. We're just going to give you the job. Yeah. And we'll get another Damian Williams, sure. possibly, to do third down work periodically. Like that. Or we might already have that guy. So, and it's just, that's just something I've kind of penciled in. Like, just see what happens with that situation. Yeah. You got a couple yeah, it can't weeks. Hurt, it can't hurt to hold it. That, that's kind of the point yeah, of all. It can't hurt to hold is it, it can't hurt. Yeah. To just keep him on the bench for the offseason. I mean, it, yeah, nothing not a guy I'm going to be rushing to cut. Yeah, for no right. reason. So, and for Casey, I'm not actually opposed to going and getting and holding Mahomes. Just because I believe there's a good chance that next year he's going to be starting and Alex Smith's going to have a new job. Chargers going to New York to take on the Jets. In addition to Henry, who I mentioned before, I think Austin Eckler is also worth the stash. 
because of his expanding role in the offense and being the clear-cut handcuff to Gordon, if nothing else. I'm not worried about the hand injury. Jets are still in flux, so maybe Robbie Anderson, if he's cheap enough to keep. I just don't know about the QB situation, and that's the worrisome part there. Whoever's back there, though, just seems to throw him the ball nonstop. It's a DeAndre Hopkins-type situation he's got going on there. But, I don't know, Chargers keeping their playoff hopes alive with another win here. Yeah, I mean, look, just give me the bolts and watch Bryce Petty just run for his life all afternoon as Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram just kill him. So that's, that's going to be funny to watch. Uh, so just for quick hitters on this one, uh, I second the stash that Hunter Henry, but we covered that. Hmm. Also, Austin Eckler, I've covered that pretty thoroughly in the waiver wire column. I think my feelings on Austin Eckler are pretty well known. I think he's going to have a nice little job next year. And the only one that, that uh, we didn't discuss is Mike Williams. Mm-hmm. And I'm not necessarily opposed to it, depending on how you would, in what manner, and what you'd have to pay to keep it. Right. Because I don't think Tyrell Williams is going to be a thing. In, in no. Mike Williams should be healthy next year and be the number two to Keenan Allen. Finally have a number two. Yeah. So I think based on that, the Tyrell Williams experiment will likely be done. I think he'll have a new job somewhere else because he's not, he's had a bad year, but I don't think there people are just going to give up on yeah. him necessarily. And, uh, like welcome you to Chicago, Tyrell. <laughs> yeah, right. Also, by the way, uh, it's gonna be with your buddy, Don Trell and, and you guys, you just hang out yep. all the time. It's just hang out, go to the museum of science and industry, <laughs> go to the planetarium, the bean. I mean, the shed aquarium. Sure. Yeah. yeah. The bean, go see the bean. Uh, Brookfield Zoo is awesome at Christmas. Mm. Uh, they let the animals out, do the lights. It's beautiful. Take your family. <laughs> uh, you're going to have a great time. You're going to have a great time. Uh, it's freezing cold. <laughs> it's always. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Anyway, just based on that, Mike Williams, because I don't think it'll cost you very much. He actually is a decent football player. Tampa Bay going to Carolina to take on the Panthers. Like with the Titans, preseason hype caused the price of Tampa Bay players to rise in drafts this season. Stupid hard knocks. Yeah, so you can redraft any of them for cheaper than you paid this season. Funch is being the number one receiver is not interesting now because, I mean, that means you could stash him for cheap if you've already got him on your roster. Otherwise, I mean, this is just the Panthers trying to stay alive in the division chase and clinching a playoff berth. Panthers, I mean, their defense is just so much better than Atlanta's, and Atlanta was even able to beat Tampa Bay on Monday night by the skin of their teeth. But <laughs> but they did it. Late Sunday, Jacksonville going to San Francisco. Uh, as much as I have enjoyed riding on the Jimmy G hype train, it's, it's been a great story. Garoppolo's a great stash. It's just, it, it ends this week. I'm sorry, it does. Look, Garoppolo, great stash for next year, as is Matt Breida. Have you heard that name before? I feel like we've mentioned it once or twice, possibly. I mean, Marquis Goodwin is also an interesting stash for next year just because they currently have no other wide receiver. I'm sure that'll change in the offseason. But he is dominated in these games that Garoppolo has started. I just don't want any part of that against Jalen Ramsey. I'm fine with it for next year. (laughs) I don't want it right now. As for the Jags, you can hold on to Marquise Lee for dirt cheap. And we warned you about former Bolitnikoff winner Marquise Lee all year, and people didn't want to listen until it was too late. He could be the number one in Jacksonville. He could be a number one or solid number two somewhere else. Time will tell. But either way, I want me some Marquise Lee for next year. 
D.D. Westbrook and Kalen Cole are both very interesting streamers for this week. However, their roles are murky for the future just because of the whole contract situations with all of the wide receivers in Jacksonville this offseason. I'm taking the Jags on the road very clearly in this one. Yeah, it's Jags on the road. I mean, their defense is just too, too good. I mean, they're, they're going to try and <laughs> try and win a Super Bowl with that defense. That's what they're going to go try and do. So, yeah, San Francisco, great story. No real shot here. I'm not giving them much of any any hope at all. However, we have many great keeper options. As we mentioned, Brita, Garoppolo, Marquis, good one. All very cheap. All should return value for you. I mean, how could they not? Like, if you get anything close to what you're getting now next year, my God. Like, it's the, it'll be a steal of, of the draft. Uh, and for the Jags, uh, we went through this a little bit in uh, kind of off mic. You know what I mean? It was uh-huh. over on Sunday when we were talking about it, the entire contract situation. Mm-hmm. So what's interesting is that someone's going to get left in the cold in Jacksonville. We just don't know who it is necessarily. So the ones that I would be trying to hold on to, because uh, I think they'll be in Jacksonville next year with a, with a with an upgraded quarterback situation, D.D. Westbrook, Marquise Lee, and then Allen Robinson in specific leagues. Put him on here just because he got IR'd so long ago that in specific leagues, he may have been cut. And if you have the ability to keep him without having to pay what the other person paid, you know what I mean? Something like that. If you can keep him at a lower lower value or however your rules are written, just depending on your league, he was cut so long ago that there's a decent chance he might be sitting on the waiver wire. And if you can keep him with a lesser lesser penalty than what he was paid for i like him coming back next year seattle going to dallas to take on the cowboys this is going to be an ugly game two bad teams that are somehow still alive i'm not stashing anyone on either side for the price that you had to pay to get them just play your studs if you've been playing them welcome back zeke seahawks win on the road yeah i'm also taking the seahawks on the road i really thought we would split that uh because the Cowboys are getting Zeke back, so the public is just salivating <laughs> over this. They're, they're, oh, God, the public is all on the Cowboys so hard. What people are kind of not paying attention to is the Cowboys also lost their left tackle for the next couple weeks, mm-hmm. which means that they're going to have to try and make the playoffs with their backup left tackle situation, which is actually not one guy. It's a couple guys. They've been rotating in and out. Spoiler alert, they were terrible when they had to do that. They were awful at doing anything when they had to use their backup left left tackle situation. That was when they couldn't even run the ball, and Dak Prescott was getting murdered. So I'm lowering expectations for Dallas, and that's hence why I'm taking the Seahawks on the road. Giants going to Arizona to take on the Cardinals. Evan Ingram is worth keeping at his price tag, which I got into a whole thing about on the Fantasy Life app as people discussing the whole Evan Ingram value. So, yeah, that was an interesting discussion. He's worth keeping people. It's not, I mean, I get the idea that Odell Beckham coming back is going to damage some of his value. I certainly get that. And the quarterback situation. But for how cheap he is, you know, being uh, kept at, for, for how cheap it was to get him in the first place, the odds are he's going to be a, I would say at this point, I would think like a seventh or eighth round pick. 12-team PPR league next year if I had to just project it out and what was his ADP what I, I didn't see this argument I apologize yeah. what what was his ADP we might as well just do this more entertaining Thir- than picking the last two games round <laughs> somewhere around there 
Oh wow. Okay, so you could have him for depending you have, on what yeah, you could have him in like the pretty 12th. Pretty good value. Yeah. Typical league, yeah, you would have him in like other, the 12th every, or 13th yeah. round. And uh something like that. Yeah, and and I would say again as a mid-tier tight end, he's probably going to go ADP next year in the 7th or 8th round. Somewhere in that. Probably based on the numbers and then based on recency bias, which always inflates things like Correct. this. So yeah, I, who's the quarterback for the Giants next year? That's the question. That's my question. Yeah. yeah. But I'm saying again, it's worth holding on to simply because even if you have to declare a keeper right now, the value you're getting back for him, when you've seen that that offense kind of revolves around getting the ball to Evan Ingram in the red zone, that he is a big red zone target they've been looking for, that they haven't had to help out with. Odell Beckham. I mean, that's that's that was the reason they brought in Brandon Marshall to have a big red zone target that they've been missing and looking for. And if they can do that, I think it helps Odell. And I think when Odell comes back, it eases the pressure off of Ingram. He may not get the same target share and the same volume in that sense, but I think the offense as a whole will be more productive, which is why I'm not saying he's going to still be a top five tight end like he is right now, but he's certainly going to be top ten and starter worthy. So to keep him on the cheap like that, I can't really find a hole in that. It's just I can see, I guess, the counter argument that I that kind of immediately springs to mind is this: what it was was okay. Well, what if they just he just craters back to earth and becomes the guy he was, you know, before with you know Beckham back and possibly you know a worse QB situation next year. Yeah, it was ba- basically no what it was getting the guy. Was I, there was uh, three different situations, actually, where somebody had, okay, I have to keep two of these players, and it's player X, player Y, and Evan Ingram, and these are the values that I could keep them at, and the player I'm probably not keeping is Ingram. And now everybody's, oh, yeah, don't keep Ingram. Why don't keep, because when OBJ comes back, he's going to be trash. And my counter-argument, again, was you're looking at it from who's the more talented players as opposed to who is the more valuable player. You're looking for greatest value when you're evaluating yeah, yeah, your keeper yeah. situation. Like, like uh, Talent is a component in that, obviously. Yeah. But The one situation that, that immediately comes to mind, talented. I don't remember all of them, but, but, but the one for sure that comes to mind, it was uh, Delvin Cook in the third round, Melvin Gordon in the 7th, or uh, Evan Ingram in the 12th. Who are you throwing back, Melvin Gordon? I would throw back Delvin Cook. The 3rd? Yeah. Yeah, because I could probably get something else in the 3rd that would be about that valuable. Well, because my point was, that I laid out on the app too, was the fact that, like I said, you could get... Ingram would... You would have... If you wanted to redraft all three of them, Gordon, you'd have to spend your first round pick, right? First or second in a keeper league, yeah. when assuming yeah, yeah. other running backs are gone, you're gonna have to spend your first round pick on Melvin Gordon. Cook probably either low end one or high end two, right? Probably. Yeah, and then yeah, two. I was thinking more like two. Yeah, but and then that uh, depends on how many teams are in your league. Yeah, how many running backs are kept and all that. And then Evan Ingram, I said yeah. seventh or eighth round pick. So I'm saying even if. I spent my first round pick on Dalvin Cook, and I would have my seventh round pick would be Gordon, and my twelfth round pick would be Ingram. And then I'd have picks two through six to get wide receivers and a quarterback and have my full starting lineup. 
because I have my tight end, my starting tight end, in the 12th round. That's the value. Whereas if I throw right. him back, then I've got Cook in the third, and I've got Gordon in the seventh. So I have my first and second round pick intact to get wide receivers or a quarterback or what have you, but then I have to pay for one of the higher-end tight ends anyway in my fourth or fifth pick. So you're looking at you're looking at Ertz at that point, maybe still Delaney Walker, but I doubt it. I bet he drops a bit. Uh, Ertz is the one that springs to mind. Ertz, maybe Jordan Reed, but I bet Jordan Reed will come down too because he's been hurt so much this year. But my point so, altogether was just if I keep Cook and Gordon, then it handcuffs me in the fact that those are my two running backs and I no longer have a third or a seventh and now I have to draft wide receivers in a tight end as opposed to having the tight end solved, having the number one running back solved, and then I can get a comparable, if not better, running back than Dalvin Cook, if not Dalvin Cook himself, with my first-round pick or second-round pick. Yeah, I suppose that's true. If you toss Dalvin Cook there with the, with the, the foresight of knowing that you were willing to spend mm-hmm. that high to get Dalvin Cook... You're only giving up. I get the math. You're you're only giving up one round right. of of return there, and I'm making up six seven rounds of return depending mm-hmm. by taking Evan Ingram. Correct. Because there's no way that if I wanted him now, I could. The only reason I could I could see again why people would want to throw back Evan Ingram is just some of the uncertainty. But then again, I would toss back. Okay, so you saw Dalvin Cook play what was it, eight games. Yeah. He looked great. I don't think no I don't think it was even that. that far. No one's debating that he did. That, I might have been six. No one's debating that he looked great. It's just you saw a guy play a limited number of games and then get hurt. Right. So he automatically won't be getting the full workload next year. Right. They they have too much invested in him. They're not going to just line him up and be like, all right, you're David Johnson now. Here's thirty touches a game. Right. Until he proves that he can take more of a beating, uh, than what he did before. Yep. It's just the way that football works. No, like I said, of the three, the two most talented are Dalvin Cook and Melvin Gordon. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I'm not yeah, arguing yeah, that in any way. But like I said, you're not looking for most talented. What you want to know is you're looking for best, best value. value. Yeah, and the best Believe value. Me, I wrote a whole article yeah. about this. <laughs> yeah, that was my whole point. It's, I do it every preseason. You, I do a whole. I do it every preseason. The best value is five it. rounds of value on Evan Ingram. That's the best value. I mean, it, so either way, you're not tossing back Gordon. That's the guy you're for sure keeping. So you either lose your third to keep Cook, or you lose your 12 to keep Ingram. So so then it's just simple math. What means more to you? You know, the, instead of paying a 1, paying a 3 for Cook, or instead of paying a 7, paying a 12 for Ingram? Well, obviously... You would be saving more and getting a better value by keeping Evan Ingram. And then if you had to draft Dalvin Cook, instead of paying a third-round pick, you'd pay a one. You'd pay slightly higher. Right. I would rather do that. than. And then that's the other thing, too, is let's say I'm assuming he's there in the seventh. Well, let's say there's a run on tight ends in the fifth round. And then all of a right. sudden Evan Ingram and a whole slew of other tight ends are gone, and I'm stuck taking some wild card flyer I have no idea about at tight end all because I wanted to keep Dalvin Cook when I could have had him anyway in the first round. Like how much, how, yeah. how better is your team by throwing 
by, by making sure you have Cook and Gordon when you could have Cook and Gordon anyway and then have Evan Ingram at a cheaper price. The only thing I can think of is if you were really convinced that Evan Ingram was just going to crater into the ground uh-huh. next year and be like tight end 30. And even then. And I don't know that I'm sold on that idea either even because if, then you only invested he, a 12-round yeah, pick, you go. so you cut yeah. it. It was a 12 round pick. I'm so low down there that I was going to cut that guy anyway at some point during buys. That's my point. So whatever. That was my point too. Is like you would have your two running backs, and then in rounds two through six, you could get your starting wide receivers and your quarterback, and then in the eighth round, because of keeping Gordon in the seventh, you would start building depth, getting backups and security blankets on your roster. You could take another tight end. No one is stopping you from taking another tight end at that point. If for some reason some right. guy fell and you wanted to have Ingram and this other guy say, I don't know, like we're talking about Hunter Henry. For whatever reason, Hunter Henry say, fell. Hunter Henry if they, yeah. Then you could pick up Hunter Henry and have him. And then maybe you've got trade bait. You just have depth. You're secure in that position. That that's my point is that it gives you more options, more flexibility. It makes you a stronger top to bottom team, because all you're doing is throwing out a flyer in the twelfth round anyway. Is your sleeper pick of the hot rookie from the Philadelphia Eagles in the twelfth round really that much better than than holding on to Evan Ingram in the twelfth round? The answer is no. But yeah, just in this game specifically, back to it: the Giants and the Cardinals. Outside of Ingram, nobody I'm interested on either side, and I'm taking the birds on the road. Yeah, Drew Stanton back under center. Uh, you're starting Larry Fitz and Evan Ingram, coincidentally, and that's it. If you were playing those two guys, you keep doing it, and uh, give me the cards. Uh, I, I wrote on the road, but at home. <laughs> uh, so Christmas afternoon is actually your Sunday night football game, which makes no sense, but okay, whatever. It does doesn't matter. Hey, people got up at 5 a.m. to do Christmas gifts. They're tired. This is Sunday night. Obviously. So Monday afternoon is Sunday night on Christmas. Pittsburgh going to Houston. Ho, ho, holy hell, what a bad game this will be. So start your studs. Uh, Fuller worth the stash as he was a monster with Watson healthy. Speaking of which, Watson obviously stashable if someone was foolish enough to drop him. I don't know. Same goes for De- for uh, Dante Foreman, who saw workload increase. I mean, he could obviously supplant Lamar Miller as the guy if they want to shed that salary and open up some salary cap space. For Pittsburgh, I mentioned Martavis Bryant saw the biggest target increase and you know became the most valuable after Brown's exit. Not keeping him next year simply because this season's hype was just out of control, so it, you'd probably have to pay too much to keep him. I'm just taking the Steelers in a beatdown. <laughs> You heard it here first, folks. Hardcore, hard-hitting analysis. You need to win from important. That's right. Nonsense.com. So my actual question to you is, can we bring the slaughter rule in for this one? It'd be nice. Like your kid's little league like flag football I'd game? I'd favor that more than targeting. I, yeah. Yeah, see, I know, for, especially for you as a Houston <laughs> fan, like this is not going to be how you want to spend Christmas Day. Swearing at your at your TV as you assemble some complicated children's toy while your entire family watches you. I mean, at that point, I might just be so drunk that it won't matter. So, uh, mm, bring it on. It's true. Mm. It's true. Uh, are you going to be drinking your giant like annual blender drink of just a giant Captain Morgan and Coke, basically? Yeah, sure. All day. 
Just in a big gulp, yeah. just wandering around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've seen him do it, folks. He's he's trying to play it off. I've, I've, I've seen him. You can hear it sloshing around in the background, too, as he gets progressively like, drunk. Tasty. Yeah. Captain Morgan wants to be an a, official uh, sponsor of the podcast. No one here will complain. No, Captain Morgan and Wendy's are welcome. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, there's, both of those somewhere things are in there, there's a drunken frosty idea yeah. that we have just created for them. Yeah, that should. Look, I'm not saying that we should get three percent of that idea of anything you sell, but you know, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, patent pending. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Also, too, I'll be happy to like rep Wendy's yeah. and shill for Wendy's throughout this entire thing. We've talked about this in the past, like. <laughs> But uh, anyway, since they won't bring the slaughter rule in, we're going to have to watch the whole thing. So give me the Steelers, and uh, as we talked about before, go get Martavis Bryant, frankly, if you need help for this one, if you're, like, like rotating flexes, because I think he's going to get, like, a 12 in PPR, and if he scores, he'll probably get, like, an 18. So that's – I don't know how much you're looking more for that than your flex. I mean, they're going to have to throw the ball somewhere. <laughs> Christmas night, Oakland going to Philly. I'm not keeping anyone from either side. I don't want any Raiders. And the Eagles that you'd probably want to keep came at a high price tag, so there's little to no value there. Foles a streaming option for the rest of this season, though, and I'm taking the Eagles at home. Yeah, I mean, Eagles at home. Uh, I mean, just Nick Foles looks like he's capable of getting the wins in these easy matchups, and look, this certainly qualifies. Unfortunately, there's no real fantasy analysis, <laughs> because any would you would start. You were going to start either way. <laughs> All right, Neil, we are transitioning over to our Golden League update, one of the last ones of the season. Also one of the shortest. And now for something completely different. It's time for the Golden League update. I love gold! On the Important Nonsense Podcast. All right, I'm following up my fun fact from last week. After some intense research all week long, it turns out that Steve Flynn is, in fact, the first player to ever go first to worst. Congratulations, yeah. Steve. We all believed in you. Went from talking about repeating as champion at the beginning of the year to dead last. Congratulations. Not many people, in fact, none, can claim what you can now claim. So, whew, what a roller coaster. So he'll have the least amount of entries in next year's lottery. Sandman for beating him will have the second least. And uh, Neil, congratulations on your victory over Kevin. He will pick first from the yeah. playoff teams, followed by yourself. I take on David in the third place game this weekend to see who picks fourth and fifth of the playoff roster. Tony also playing. Uh, who's he playing this week? Help me out here. I know he's playing somebody. Matt, he's playing Matt. Oh, Lisa. He's playing oh, he's Matt. Playing he's playing, right. Matt he's playing Matt, Matt. to uh, to decide the ninth place finisher. And again, that'll have the lottery implications. Lisa, undefeated, taking on Paul. If she wins that game this weekend, she is your lottery cup champion. And then in Smithy Bowl 15, we've got number two, Brian, against number three, Flynn Sr. I'd say it's number three, Steelers. But it's not really the Steelers. Because without Brown, it's just Roethlisberger and Bell, and then a modge podge of other right. characters. He has thrown the Steelers' D back in there for the Christmas showdown. So it'll, it'll be a very Merry Christmas for uh, for Brian, or it'll be a very sad one. 
So uh, we will we will find out how that goes. It'll all be decided on Monday. Roethlisberger, Bell, and the Steelers' defense. Currently, he's got Mike Wallace and Devontae Parker in there, who he just picked up off waivers to go with McCaffrey, Ingram, love and Drake. So we'll see. He's throwing together a Modge Podge crew to try and knock off Brian. Brian, of course, is the undefeated yeah, team. Yeah, I mean, I'm not crazy about the Devonta Parker over some of the options he has on his bench. Yeah. I'd like to. It is. I mean, it's it's Mr. Flynn. Out. He can do whatever he yeah. wants. Look, I, mean, yeah. the, I know, but he has like three bench players that I would rather play than Devonta Parker. So <laughs> I don't do it. it is what it is. It just I don't know what. Well, you cut Devonta Parker, so I know you agree with. Yeah, that. <laughs> I, I I felt that there was literally anyone on my team. That I, including Giovanni Bernard, that I would rather have than Devonta Barker, and he's going to play him in the title game, so I say good luck to you. But, yep. Brian, remember, not only is uh, has he been the most dominant team in the league, but he's got that five-point home field advantage now. These two played earlier in the playoffs, and Brian spanked him pretty handily with that five-point home field advantage on top of it. So, we will see. Will Brian be our first-ever Week 16 champion? This is the, f- oh, I think you might the fourth year now we have done the double elimination, and in the first three, the one-loss team has claimed a victory in Week 16 to uh, force a winner-take-all Week 17. So it's possible we crown a champ next week. We will see. No, I think he might be, and he came so close to sweeping the awards, and I think that when he, if he does win the title, I think that will be the only regret he has is that he didn't sweep the awards. <laughs> he he couldn't win the MVP, and he can't take the pigskin pick him. Uh, champ title for me yeah. because he failed to set a lineup right. in in week fifteen. He was he was he was looking like he was going to have a shot to try and to try and play it down the stretch, and he completely missed it. So he missed two awards. But if he wins the title, he will have he'll be the only one who can say it in this format that he won it in one game. Yep, that he did it. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, nobody else has done it. So we will see. Can he set history? Can he win his first title since two thousand and eight? And join an elite multi-title club, so it'll be. Uh, and Mr. Flynn also trying to win his second title. Someone will have their second title coming out of this, and uh, it's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be fun to watch. Again, Brian currently favored, despite the fact that he's got Greg Zerline still in his starting lineup. So he's got to pick up a kicker. Other yep. than that, I mean, his lineup is pretty set top to bottom, the same way it has been all year. I think he should be all right. We'll see. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to change anything either. I think no. this is pretty much the lineup. It is what it is at, the, at this Rock. point. Yeah. Russell Wilson, Demonte Freeman, Kareem Hunt, Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, Gronk, Kelsey, the Jags D. And somebody's going to kick the football. Yeah, that's it. All right. Another week in the books, Neil. Keep keep getting those contest entries in, folks, because that is the light of my life at this point. That is just fantastic. <laughs> Your misery is my joy. It is fantastic. It is making me feel so great about everything that has happened to me. Oh, man. That guy with the Austin Hooper, too. Oh, he might win it. I'm telling you right now. He might. I'm telling you right he now. He might. Just because I feel for it's that guy. Because five, two years from now, when we're doing all these games 
and, and we're we're previewing like, oh, hey, remember this and don't remember that one year that there was that one tight end who had a really good week week one game against the Bears and then did nothing the rest of the year. Who was that guy? We're gonna have no clue who Austin Hooper was. That guy's gonna be haunted by Austin Hooper the rest of his life. He's that's his. No, we'll find bomb. out about it because he'll hit us up on Twitter and he's gonna be like, uh, "It was Austin Hooper," and never bring that name up again. Yeah, Thank that's his Bryce Brett. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like if somebody says, yeah, who is that obscure running back for those two games in 2012? I can tell you it was Bryce Brown, and he had a 34 and a 36 in consecutive weeks. I can tell you that for a fact, right? I, I will never forget Bryce Brown. It will haunt me forever. That guy will be haunted by Austin Hooper. He's my leader in the clubhouse at this point. Because <laughs> that guy, it's a strong I feel for that guy, all right? That's a, that's... If anybody made me shed a tear, it's that guy right there. I'm like, oh my god, it's me. It's it's me right there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was terrible. But keep them coming because they're great. They are great. Some of them are great though. Like they're 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 fantastic. Uh, Frankly, we're gonna have to devote a significant amount of the show because we were we were originally thinking that we were gonna do a top three get red and we may have to do a top five we'll figure it out there's a couple there's a couple that are fantastic and if the rest that we get are as good as these have proven to be it's going to be a tough choice so good all right but yeah just keep it up at important nonsense on the fantasy life app of course at nonsense underscore steve at nonsense underscore neil on twitter and uh always on important nonsense.com so everybody have a nice holiday We will see you back here next week as we prepare for the new year and the final week of the NFL season. So, Neil, enjoy your festivities. Enjoy your holiday. Yeah, you do the same. You do the same. I'm glad that yours doesn't involve plane travel. Fortunately, mine does. (laughs) Yeah, that's never fun. Never fun. I'm, I'm fortunate. I'm flying out tomorrow, and then I'm actually flying on Christmas Day because over the years I've learned that despite how annoying it is, flying on Christmas Day is the best choice that you can make because the plane is empty. Right, yeah, nobody wants to fly on it, that day. Yeah. It, exactly, and so you just do Christmas Day a day early, and then you fly back on Christmas Day. There you go. I've had to do this a lot, folks, and uh, I'm telling you, it sounds awful, and maybe your family isn't as accepting as mine is about moving Christmas up today. <laughs> But uh, it really it really does help because the plane tickets are significantly cheaper and no one wants to deal with it. And what's great about it is the airport is largely empty for the most part and the plane most of the time is like half full. So it uh, it pays off if you can get people to go along with you. There you go. Important nonsense travel tips with Neil Smith, ladies and gentlemen. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we're, we're a, we got to broad now. Yeah. we got to grow as artists. Mul- we got to have more, show. Know. We give it. We do it yeah. all. Exactly. Yep. Enjoy the holidays, folks. But until then, everybody, just keep up the nonsense. Music for the Important Nonsense podcast is provided by Lee Rosevear, Lame Genie, and Tri Tachyon. Thank you for listening, and be sure to keep up with the latest content on importantnonsense.com.